At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the April 10th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to put a wrap on the season-long podcast for the season. We'll be doing some stuff in the offseason. There's a ton of amendments we get bumping for the playoffs, a lot of stuff. We'll keep it going, though. Uh, so with me to break down a number of topics, Ryan Canas. What's up, man? Uh, hey, Mike. And to anyone listening, congratulations. Because if you're listening to this, you're either in Dynasty or uh, Keeper League or you're fighting for a championship in the waning days of the season. Yeah, I'm in one league that goes to Wednesday, and I didn't realize it until right before I made my last pickup. So I'm glad I realized it beforehand, um, which was Ish Smith, who's been killer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. How, how are you doing for... Uh, you have anything still going? Uh, my leagues are all over. There's one league that's technically still going, but I lost in the in the uh, semifinals. Yeah. So, oh well. Uh, but yeah, I had a, overall I had a terrific season. So yeah. No complaints. Yeah, same here. I'm pretty happy with how things went, and I gotta tell my my big time sweat. I had one of the hardest sweats I've ever had in my fantasy life. It was for the 30 man, and I was going for back to back. I had a number of injuries all week. Auto Porter not playing on Saturday killed me, and I was I was in a, a dog fight. And so I have it comes. I'll cut down to the last like hour. It's basically I have James Harden and George Papianis, and we're neck and neck everywhere. I'm up one steal. I'm up like four or five points. I'm up like four or five boards, and it's like basically down to those three. And I'm down like, and also he had Russell Westbrook, by the way. So he had, I, I had a huge cushion on points. I was up like 80 points, and then Westbrook happened. So, so that like set me back. But anyways, like, I was trail, I was up the whole day, and then Alex Lynn got so hot in the fourth, and I was losing. And I needed, a, I was tied for rebounds. I had the tiebreaker, so I needed either a rebound from Harden. Or Alex Lynn not get a rebound for the final four minutes. And it was, if you saw the game, Harden was up like, they were up like 20. And Harden was still in the game. And I was like, oh, he's going to come out, he's going to come out. And Anthony Tolliver was shooting a free throw. And I was like, please miss it, please miss it, please miss it. Go to Harden. Because Harden was actually on the low block. And he missed it. Harden got the rebound. And I won by one freaking rebound. <laughs> and he checked out. He, after that, he had an outlet pass to the Williams for an assist. Checked out. So that was it. Uh, I had the tiebreaker still, but it was it was ridiculous. And then I had to sit there, like, and also I was thinking Alex Lynn was going to come out. Alex Lynn had a good three minutes where he didn't get a rebound, and every every ball that came off, I was like, no, 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 no. It was it was just so crazy, man. Those are the moments we we love as yeah. Fans. I love. I'm surprised I my voice say, is gone. This was Mike's second consecutive win in a thirty man league uh it's just unbelievable so congrats dude thanks man i'm uh really pretty pretty happy with that you're uh you get you <laughs> yeah. got you got the the crown jewel of the fantasy writers though man you're the you're the back-to-back uh but fantasy sports what's the the fantasy sports writers right association. association yeah so yeah, yeah got the... i gotta go for a three-peat though you know? yeah man same something, same something same about that have a nice ring too. same here for third uh the tom do the tom Aminsky, back to back to back 
Hey, you <laughs> national champions, yes. All right, so enough about that. If you have any cool stories or something, um, let us know. I was, someone actually told me that their league got overturned on a stack correction. Ooh, that's tough. So, uh, how do you feel about that? I, I don't. I think like, nah. Once it's over, it's over. Like on a stack correction. I mean, I guess if if I were the person who had a guard whose steal was not recorded. Uh, you know, I, I'd want to have that steal. So I, I, yeah. I'm actually okay with that. I think that, you know, get it right. I think go to, go to the uh, videotape and nice. <laughs> review it, so to speak. I know it's brutal. If you think you won a league and suddenly you didn't, uh, yeah. that's that's harsh. But that's that's life. And yeah. I, yeah, I think just get it right at the end of the day. All right. All right so we're going to talk about a number of topics. I know you guys are still fighting for the last three days if you're listening to this. Um, so we're going to talk about scheduling and, I guess, the fear of rest. Just as we're hitting record on here, uh, we've got some some news on some Cavs and some Warriors as well. Clay Thompson's not playing on Monday, uh, which is interesting for the uh, Kevin Durant factor. So they're going to go Clay and KD on Saturday. I guess KD and Steph today, and I guess maybe Dre will sit on Wednesday. I think that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'd assume so. Yeah, give give KD a little bit. I, I don't think KD's going to sit there. I mean, he may get limited minutes, but they, it's a really a priority for them to get him integrated with the offense. Yeah, for sure. Gonna uh, Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're going to keep him active to just kind of get him back into the swing of things, find a rhythm, but definitely limiting his minutes. Yeah, so basically, do you think every warrior... They want to get in rhythm, so you think every warrior gets one game off, like Dre, Iggy may get two even. Um, Zaza will probably get a game off at least, maybe two. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, just pretty much don't totally shut down your words. JaVale McGee at this point. We don't yeah. know. Wednesday will be hard. Wednesday will be like you're probably only going to get like 15, 20 minutes out of guys. So Yeah, um, this, I mean this is a case study on why you should end your fantasy season before the oh, final. Yeah. It's just insane. Like we're just trying to guess basically yeah. what might might happen. It's crazy. And then also the the Cavs, which is not a surprise after the, oh my god, that overtime loss to Atlanta. 26-point oh. lead, blown. Uh, that was just something. Uh, and that was, I mean, sometimes teams will just go crazy and earn it, I guess. Nah. Uh, the Cavs blew that, man. Just total yeah. meltdown late in the game. Man. Just mistakes yeah. all over the place. I mean, credit to Paul Millsap, who was phenomenal yeah. down the stretch. But, yeah, the, the Cavs were terrible. And any attempt to blame the refs for, for making calls... For once against LeBron and, uh, you know, that that critical charging foul on Kyrie Irving was yep. a charge. There's there's no doubt about it. So, yeah. yeah, they just, they beat themselves. Yeah, so that led to rest for the big three. So they're not playing today. And, I mean, they're probably going to play Wednesday. I don't know. I mean, they're basically, because they're tied with Boston right now. And they had the tiebreakers. So I think... Uh, you think that they're okay with being the number two seed, or what do you think the reasoning is on this? If Boston wins out, if Boston wins out, they're they're gonna and yeah. obviously, I mean, Cleveland's not gonna win tonight against Miami, right? Like, no way. I don't think so. No, no, no. Yeah. In Miami, and, and Miami's yeah. fighting for their lives. So big they're, win they're for them on Saturday, by the way. Come again? Big win for Miami, and then a big loss for Chicago at Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Miami is now in a virtual tie with Chicago for yeah. the rate. So they're going to be pulling out all the stops tonight, whereas the Cavs are apparently looking for a loss. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. I thought that they would at least keep one of their big three, you know, like either Kyrie or LeBron active. Um, 
I'm not sure, but it, it seems like they're just going to rest them today and then play them all out versus Raptors on Wednesday. Yeah, but what about, I mean, Boston, if Boston gets the Nets today, and then they play, I don't think they play someone, do they play Atlanta? Nah, Milwaukee, so that would be a big game for them. So yeah. maybe they're just counting on the Bucks giving it to Boston. And those are both home games, by the way. So and the Boston Bucks wants to be home, man. Team. The Bucks are another team which we'll we'll talk about, but they actually they're actually fighting for position. Absolutely, the East one is... game behind the Hawks, one game up on the Pacers. Um, yeah, lot lots still uh, left to be decided. Here. Yeah, the East and by the way, the West is locked up. Uh, we we already know the matchups with Russell Westbrook burying the Nuggets. Uh, the, we don't we know the matchup for the Clippers Jazz, but we don't know who's going to be home. They're tied. LA has the, that tiebreaker for them, so that's they're going to play each other. But it's just who gets game one and two and five and seven. So um, and then yeah, we know San Antonio versus Memphis, and then Harden versus OKC and Westbrook. That's an amazing series. So that's going to be fun. So basically, your West rest the the Western Conference. <laughs> um, so yeah oh, besides the Jazz and Clippers but um, we got some questions about Harden so they want to play him I don't how do you feel about this I mean I do you think he knows he's done I mean I, I think I want Harden I think Harden should win which is a story for another day but the voters don't see that though I think they see Russell's momentum so um, we know that they said that they're going to play Harden, play Beverly, and basically rest everyone else. We've already seen that happen. Um, so I guess what's your expectations minute-wise for Harden? Uh, it's tough to say. Yeah, I think, as you mentioned, the playoffs, you know, seating's already locked up. So the Rockets know where they're sitting. Uh, I think Harden should be limited. Like, if I were his coach, I'd give the guy some rest. He's been... Just playing enormous minutes all season. This is absolutely the moment to just hit the brakes. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see whether that MVP conversation comes into play. Like, how much does a player have sway? Does he want to be on the court doing his thing and getting another triple-double just to to put another little bug in, in voters' ears? I don't know. Um, but if I'm his owners, I'd expect uh, reduced minutes, put it that way. I'm not sure. Uh, we've heard multiple times, I want to say, well, we heard it on Friday, and he played 38 minutes against the Pistons. It had not, had it not been for garbage time, let me see when he got pulled. Um, he got pulled on Sunday at 2.56 remaining. So had he, had the game been somewhat close, and this is like a 22-point game, it, he could have got pulled way earlier. Uh, yeah. He would have hit 39, man. So, so... Yeah, I think I'd expect like 31, 32, maybe even higher. I mean, I think he's going to be fine. Um, and, and by the way, he uh, one other thing in my sweat, like I told you the points, he was passing so much. I was like, stop passing the ball. <laughs> I was losing my mind. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, so I think you roll hard. And Beverly as well. I think you roll him. To play. your point, uh, I just, as you were saying that, I looked through a game log. Yeah. Harden has played under 30 minutes once this entire season. So, if he takes the court, uh, I guess, yeah, you're, you're right. I think they're 30-plus minutes. I Which game was that? Game. What game was that, by the way? Uh, that, oh, where was it? Uh, there it is. Uh, versus the Suns, and it was a 133 oh, yep. blowout. That's uh, when they yeah. had, I think they had like 120 points in the first, uh, like, there was like, 
They hit the hunting mark with like se- like seven minutes left in the third or something ridiculous. He like scored that. forty points with eight assists and six rebounds <laughs> in twenty nine minutes that night. So yeah, you're <laughs> you're fine if you're. Will you still roll Beverly then? He's he's still confident in him. Uh, given his adamant stance against resting, I think I, yeah, I think he's fine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that Suns game you mentioned, they were the fastest team to hit a hundred. If unless that changed, yeah, five eleven left to hit the hundred mark. Yeah. <laughs> in the third. This is crazy. Uh, okay, so I guess we'll move on. Anybody else rest-wise before, like we said, just be careful everywhere Western Conference besides those players that we said. Like, What about Westbrook? Think he gets a, a little reduced no, role? I, I, I don't. I don't I either. Think he's gunning for the MVP and trying to, yeah, I, I just can't see him being wrestling. Yeah, I, don't, I think he's probably the only super, besides the Clippers and Jazz. That. And then also we should talk Greg Popovich. Uh, he was hot about how his team did not come through national TV. He's Paul Gasol kind of hit the nail on the head. He was talking about how they were being really aggressive and the Spurs were being really passive on both ends. So he really wants to make sure that they're set. And this is opposite Spurs. Because the Spurs usually come in as the most consistent team, I guess. Mm-hmm. Always good on offense, always good on defense. But they were out of rhythm on both ends, and, um, and maybe they just rested guys. Maybe not having Danny, they're going to get Danny Green back, so maybe they want to get Danny Green back. And not that Danny Green's a staple on offense, but on defense he is. So they want to figure out where they're at. Um, they're going to go up against Memphis, who I think they're going to smash. By the way, do you think the Spurs? I think it's going to be even a bigger blowout series than the Blazers series and Warriors. Playoffs, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't see them not destroying them. And I'm I'm optimistic that the Spurs key players will be very active over the final two games. It helps that they're not back to back. They play tonight, yeah. then they play Wednesday. Uh, you know, we've seen Kawhi got some rest on Friday, came back, played big minutes Saturday. And I agree with you. I think that Pop is more interested than perhaps in previous years about getting his team on the same page, getting them in rhythm. We've seen that a lot with Tony Parker, who hasn't rested much down the stretch because he rested so much throughout the year due to various injuries uh, that they're just trying to get them back in rhythm. And yeah, I think I think tonight and Wednesday we should hopefully see the Spurs, you know, in full their full rotation. I think tonight you're pretty safe. So I think tonight you're looking at Kawhi at 33-34, Powell 26-27, Aldridge mid-30s, all that stuff. But I think if they have a really good game today, then okay, we're good. Like I don't know. Oh, pull the plug. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I just it's so it just goes against every fiber. I mean, Pop is the guy. Like if you had a poster child for who started this whole rest phenomenon, it's him. So it's just so it's just so hard to believe that for a team that has been locked in this position, they would do this. It's very puzzling. But it's true. It's so, all again. This is all guesswork down right. the stretch. It's so tough to, yeah. to predict. But if you're if you're if you own Kawhi or whoever I said, you're rooting for a close game tonight, um, and you need that on Wednesday or for DFS as well. That'll that'll go into a factor. So if it's Busy to, if it's busy if it's close today then you could use Kawhi in the last game of the season against Utah which would be I mean it's also interesting that they're facing two good teams with two very different styles so maybe they do play on both both um, heavy minutes and they're both on the road by the way uh, okay so I think um, we didn't like we want to talk Bucks really fast um, what uh, or sure. Eastern, and, and what, one, th- one thing I'll mention in terms of just guys to consider down the stretch there's 
Every single team plays two games this week, except for the Grizzlies, Knicks, Suns, and Raptors. Yep. So that's just that's just a very basic thing to keep in mind if you're considering pickups. Uh, that you're going to get fifty percent of the value, you know, comparable to another player if you get someone from those four teams. Yep. And then it's also worth mentioning that um, the Suns play on Tuesday. So if you are, if you do have extra moves. And you could use them. Like it's okay. You use the Suns on Tuesday because pretty much yeah, you're going to have bench spots that you're not using. That's not necessarily true because there's going to be a lot of rest. Um, and then who else? That's the only one game team that plays. Everybody else is, and then everyone who plays Tuesday is pretty much Wednesday for the most part. Well, you I mean you could check it out. We're not going to go through every back-to-back scenario, but most most of them are Monday, Wednesday. Um, okay, so we wanted to talk. Eastern Conference, pretty easy. We know that for sure the Heat, Bulls, and Pacers, and Bucks are going to play, guys. Hawks, what do you think? Uh, I'd assume so, yeah. I mean, they're still... They could still move down, put it that way. Yeah. The, the, the Bucks are just one game behind them, and that would set up a matchup with the Raptors as opposed to the Wizards. I don't know whether one is favorable to the other in their mind, uh, but I think they just want to win games and enter the playoffs on a roll. They've won three straight. I don't think they want to lose that momentum. So I would expect the normal rotations from the Hawks. Who would you uh, rather who would you rather play through the Hawks? Would you rather play the Raptors or the Wizards? I'll go first. I'd rather, I'd rather play the Wizards. I'm I'm scared of the Raptors, man. I think they're gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm completely with you. I'd I'd much rather play the Wizards. I think you okay. shut down their backcourt and the Wizards lose. Um, it's it's just an easier game plan. I think the Raptors have more depth, just more overall talent, um, and they've been there before. So uh, yeah, I'd rather play the Wizards. Yeah, I mean Kyle Lowry was hurt last year, and the whole first month of the playoffs I was like, oh man, the Raptors are gonna get buried from their two best players. But now DeRozan looked DeRozan's good. I'm I'm not a DeRozan guy, but uh, he's been good. Okay, so what else? What else do we want to add? Anything? Uh, punk. What about tank wise? Uh, going to the other end. By the way, how awesome was the Lakers game last night? Like it was amazing that that D'Angelo. Not only the way that the shot went in, but the the way it went in. Like it rattled out, popped up in the air, and then bounced in. It was like so perfect. Is dude? How awesome was Sunday? By the way, like that was one of the yeah, best basketball days of the year. Some phenomenal games. I mean, that, that Westbrook three-pointer from 40 feet or whatever it was, unbelievable to cap his, his record-breaking game. Yeah. Um, just such a perfect ending. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. It went from he, – dude, he, he hates Denver apparently. He, my, one of my favorite Russell Westbrook moments is when Rocky – he has his half-court shot. He shoots over his head. That's like his thing. And like Russell Westbrook, I want to say like five years ago, something like that, three, four years ago – he just went up and like blocked it on the way down the rim. I loved it. Um, okay, so what about? Okay, so Nets are good. Nets aren't. I don't think I'm not worried about rest on Nets. Uh, Sixers, I think, are pretty good. Which is incredible. I just want to point that out. The Nets not resting someone like Brook Lopez down the stretch, just amazing. Like yeah. if you drafted him, you were you should count your blessings. Seriously, far more than any of us thought would happen. I mean, he stayed healthy. He's missed, I don't know, four games, five games all season, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, his uh, minutes have been pretty good. So that, that's worth pointing out that although 
you know, on draft day, we were, we're probably all preaching doom and gloom. I know I was. Yep. And, you know, they well, defied expectations. I'll do you one better. After the first game, if you remember, they they were like, oh, yeah, we want to watch his minutes. First game. Oh, they arrested him immediately. Yeah, he didn't play in the second. Yeah, yeah. He didn't play, like, barely in the second half. They're like, oh, no, here we go. And then he rested on the first back-to-back. We're like, oh, boy, yeah. yep. this, here we go. And then... <laughs> It was yeah. it was total backwards, man. We're gonna talk more he about this later. Sat out a game in in November. <laughs> he's, yeah, and he's playing down the stretch in April. It's bizarre. Yeah, so. he had tw- who knows. Like, look at it, his first four games: twenty-one minutes, twenty-six minutes, night off, twenty-two minutes. First four games of the season. Like, we will all. That's all we wrote about, and they yeah. totally changed it up, man. So. That's, that's just we're gonna talk more about this later. Good on you, Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, man, I love Kenny Atkinson. By the way, I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the NBA, and we love him for fantasy. Fastest, one of the fastest offenses in the NBA. He may have been passed, but yeah. by the way, they're four and one in April, man. They're good. I wouldn't go that far, but they're. they're I mean, they're, I think they're <laughs> they're, play, they're playing well. No, I I had this I had a a hot take Twitter that actually only two people added me. I was like, I think the Nets are playing like a top eight team in the East right now. I guess I would agree with that, actually. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. They're playing extremely well. Yeah, like they beat the, they beat the Hawks twice time. in the past like six or seven games, and it's not like I don't think the Pacers are playing that great. The Bulls are okay, you know. They they just lost to the Nets again. I mean, they're just, they're messing up the Eastern Conference standings right now. Five hundred basketball over the past three weeks, I want to say. Yeah, and also the. This man and the changed. number eight seed is under five hundred, so yeah, there you go. I think that they're Lynn, Kilpatrick, Rondé, Lavert, and Lopez lineup. I think it's like a top five lineup in the NBA minimum forty minutes in the past since the break. Right. Yeah, oh. it's, they've been good, man. Uh, okay, so enough of that. Where else are we at? Um, Pistons are shutting down everyone except Ish Smith, pretty much. Boban. Yes. Holy Boban. Must, 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 must. He is dirt cheap on FanDuel today, by the way. Like, come on, dude. Why are you doing that? Like, FanDuel needs to, they need to get on that. Yeah, you, you're giving a sneak preview of my DFS column. Yeah, uh, for, for, for bargains, that's going to come out later. It's not even fair. Yeah. It's, it takes all the fun out of it. Like, you just have to play Bobon. Yeah, he's coming off terrific games. And, I mean, how can you not play him? He's averaging. He's got two straight double-doubles. Uh, the minutes are there. And he had a phenomenal quote. After Sunday's game, uh, he was asked, what, what changed the tide of this game in the second half? And here, but, uh, like, me? <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's awesome. Yeah, I wish I posted more Boban videos, but I was too busy sweating my, my 30, man. He's, dude, I love that guy. He's, like, one of my favorites. Uh, okay, yeah, so and just... Detroit, I mean, they know they're going to lose Baines next year. They're absolutely going to. They just can't afford him yeah. standing on the set as much repeatedly. So unless he takes a discount for no clear reason to stay with the Pistons, uh, he's gone. So they have even more incentive to see what Boban can do as a as a backup. We should talk about this actually because they cannot. They were going to sign Lorenzo Brown, former player for them, because of the Ben Udre injury. But it's too late to waive players now. So Ish Smith's going to be the only point guard on the roster. What are they going to do here? Uh, I saw a lot of Reggie Bullock handle the ball at Summer League, so I think that's a possibility. Uh, Darren Hilliard, a little bit of ball handling. KCP is probably not going to play, but they also said that we're not going to bring Reggie Jackson back. So how do you see the minute shaking out for the point? And then also uh, Henry Ellenson shooting a ton of threes. 
Uh, Double-double in his first start. 9-9. Nine nine. Good usage again. He's a sneaky guy. I think Stanley Johnson's going to play big minutes in the last two. Um, sneaky DFS play. Um, and, and you, you, you think KCP is going to sit out the rest of the season? I don't, I don't know. I, I think that the injury to Baino may have changed that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we're going to see him as a sort of secondary ball handler. Yeah. Um, you're right. Maybe Bullock handling the ball. I don't really know how he fares in that situation. Yeah. I've never seen it. Not um, that I would say Adam or anything, but he actually had a good game last night. Oh, Sunday. yeah. But, but yeah, Ish, it, where do you think Ish? Like 30, 34 minutes? And then we'll just kind of piece it together for the other 14? Yeah, he's going to have to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's, been, he's played big minutes before. Okay, so what else Eastern Conference-wise that's noteworthy? I'm not as optimistic about the Hawks. I think they're going to play... A decent amount on what Tuesday, and then careful on Wednesday. Like, although a game against the Pacers is huge. That's a big game, man. Hawks Pacers on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And I, like I said, I think they just kind of need to get some momentum and keep their three-win streak going into the playoffs. Uh, this is a team that's we've seen them go ice cold for weeks at a time and then reel off huge win streaks. Uh, I think they want to just just keep it going. Yeah, and then also uh, we should mention Kemba Walker is also dinged up. He did get – this is legit. He did get hurt um, last – it wasn't bad, though. Like, it looked like he was okay, but – they're going to call him out. It was like the Covington thing, which Covington got hurt legit. There's been a lot of... How many... How many I, I wish I'd prep, prep this, but... Knee injuries that the trainers thought were okay, and they weren't. Rose, Embiid, Covington, um, maybe even Kemba now. Um, there's a lot of them where it's like, oh, no, you're good, go play. And turns out yeah. MRI, slight meniscus tear. Those three... X-rays come back negative, and everyone's like, oh, cool, we can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. But. Turns out you need that further testing, and it it'll be interesting to see if it, if we reach a point where players just don't return before they get an MRI. You know, yeah. I mean, you're, these players are making X number of millions of dollars. Their their health is so critical to your team. Why risk playing them eighteen minutes with a slightly torn meniscus and make it worse? Yeah. Um, Dude, as that's a... just sitting them out, taking you know maybe taking a loss and and having to be better long-term. It's an interesting question. That's a bad... bad Philly's training staff, man. Ooh, bad, bad year for them. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the MB thing was bad. If you remember, I want to say, was it January 20th? He played the Blazers, whatever. It was against the Blazers at home. He fell like 10 times in this game. Bit banged up, went to the locker room, all the, the whole nine. And they, they're like, all right, he's hurt, he's got inflammation. But if you remember, the Sixers had a really good January. They were in the playoff. They were making a charge of the playoff. A lot of optimism with Ben Simmons. It was Sixers time. And Embiid clamored so hard to play in that national TV game against the Rockets that he basically played through his slightly torn meniscus, man. Now that we know in hindsight, because that's what they said when he injured it uh, like a week uh, week before or so. So, oh. Uh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's that's usually so cautious. Yeah, I waited an entire year to see this guy debut. Why take that risk? Like, yeah, it, it boggles the imagination. Never again, man. Never. And that's why I think this, like Covington. Well, even still, Covington hurt his knee, came back. Uh, he sat out one game, and it was a minor injury, like I said. But they're like, all right, he got an ultrasound, which is not a nearly is a 
revealing procedure or not uh, examination as an MRI. So, ugh. Yeah. Bad, bad look, man. Um, so that's another, we got, we're, we're basically giving away the whole last part of, of this thing. Uh, so we could skip it. Okay, so I think we're good. Anything else schedule wise? Um, I mean, we could go team by team, but yeah, I we're good. We're pretty good. Cel- what about Celtics really fast? I think I, they want the one seat hard. Yeah. Yes. Like, as yeah. I alluded to, Cleveland's only 20 and 20 on the road. Uh, Boston's 28 and 11 at home. I mean, they want to be home, man. And the fact that it, the Cavs have the tiebreaker, I believe, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so the Celtics, even if they win today and the Cavaliers lose, uh, which they probably will. Yeah. Th- it's still not sealed up. So I, I think yeah, they need to win out. Today, you're absolutely safe Wednesday. I mean, I, yeah, I, I can't see them yeah. possibly resting players uh, with the one, number one seed at stake. Yeah, they need it. Against Cleveland, you need every little bit of help you can get against LeBron. Uh, as bad as their defense has been. Okay, so yeah, we don't need to talk Washington. Uh, Washington, oh, Washington's someone to watch out for. They're gonna get limited minutes, so I can't play Otto Porter. Um, I still, I still would play Beal as long as he start. If Beal's starting, play him. If Wall starting, play him. Um, but yeah, they're gonna probably sit. They'll probably do the like start, play the first stint, and check out. They've got very, assuming um, they have something to play for on Wednesday, but. Probably not. I mean, they're a game and a half back on Toronto. Who plays on Wednesday? So they're idle. Yeah, I'd be worried about them. Similar with the, you know, we saw Dirk and Wes Matthews play the first half on Sunday and then and then check out for good. I'd be yep. worried about that, that yep. sort of rest, that's, even if the Wizards are starting. So. That's super prevalent right now. Um, we saw what the Spurs do with Kawhi and LaMarcus last week as well. Okay, so we're moving on to our one of our favorite topics is pickups. Uh, we're going to talk kind of – so we, Ryan and I talked before we came on, and we were trying to wait this. So, like, there were guys who were annoying for a while, but they were good late. They were inconsistent. They were really good early and faded. So we kind of waited it where it would be the, – the number one was you had to be strong at the end of the season. So guys that you were rolling out there that were potential different, difference makers for you, that was kind of number one. Number two for the first team, we waited it a little bit more for having a fuller body of work. So guys who didn't miss a lot of games, uh, or they were really good late, um, just or in spurts, and then uh, those were kind of the first two teams, and then we did a third team that was straight fantasy playoff time. These guys are just were in your lineup; they may have won you the league. Um, So we'll go first team here with uh, the point guard. We picked T.J. McConnell, a guy that just it looked like Sergio was coming in December, and then. Bam, everything clicked for the Sixers, and he ran with it. So props to TJ. Yeah, past past two months, he's averaged uh, 7.6 assists and 2.1 steals, uh, shooting 46% north of that, uh, 88% from the, from the line. So those are numbers you love from a point guard. And as you said, he's just been incredibly solid with Sergio out of the picture. Uh, obviously, Bayless got... You know, shut down for the season. Early. Another another ding on the Sixers, by the way. Another what, sir? A ding on their medical staff. Yeah, ex- right. Yeah, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> um, but yeah, McConnell. I mean, no one expected him to be this good, and he hasn't had huge lines. Like he had, you know, he he rarely jumped out as like a huge pickup. But if you owned him, you know how valuable he's been. He's just been steady as it goes. Yeah, that's that, that's what we put him on there for, man. Just so steady. Uh, of of all the guys we have on here, he he gets the the all steady award. 
um, for just really having. And even when he was a backup, he was okay. Like he wasn't. Yeah. He was like top one twenty, you know. But he's been really good, and that's kind of why he came in at what like sixth, seventh round of the season. Yeah. Okay, so another guy who's pretty close to that, and he was like again, same thing. He, he was starting. But he's really turned it on late, partly because the Knicks have been shutting guys down. By the way, we didn't mention Knicks. Like, don't play your Knicks, Melo and Porzingis and stuff. But we put Courtney Lee for our shooting guard. Um, just solid. Another guy, and this is, this is his thing. He's, like, really very fantasy friendly. Gives you a little bit of steals, plenty of threes, great solid percentages for the guy who shoots threes. Uh, a little bit of everything. So, yeah, Courtney Lee, man. Um, and we had Tommy Beer and I were on. And for the preseason Knicks preview, we were like, Courtney Lee's going to be a guy that we thought he'd be like top 80, but he was better, man. Uh, really healthy, fifth round value in the the last month of the season. So he was someone you were plugging in every night. Yeah, another guy in that mold. I mean, you, you basically nailed it. He just chips in everywhere, shoots terrifically from the free throw line. His shots have been falling, gives you some steals, some three-pointers, doesn't hurt you anywhere. Um yeah, just super, super sneaky pickup. Did he? He did he lead? The, he must have led the team in total minutes, right? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm gonna check uh-huh. that real fast. Let's see. So he was second on the team in minutes, just behind Melo. He won't pass him, I don't think, um, unless he unless it's like overtime. <laughs> so or like he basically needs like 70 minutes. Anyways, um, yeah, just solid. So we'll move on. This guy was tricky. Small forward was a tough one. He had a really bad time with that concussion slash head slash annoying thing but he was incredible to start the season he had a good month where he was struggling and then he, he went bent all going off for for the late season that's tj warren um a guy who's shooting the ball and he's his thing was like okay you can score we get it tj buckets but he's done a lot of other stuff too and really uh i guess a product of the sun system so i guess anything you want to add and how do you feel about him next year uh, I feel great about them. I mean, the Suns are building to the future, right? So they have every reason to play TJ Warren heavy minutes. Um, past uh, month, he's averaging almost 36 minutes. And he, you mentioned it. He's doing more than just scoring. He's you know chipping in 1.4 steals and a uh, block per game over the past month, which is terrific. Uh, shooting 56% from the field in that span. And he's just looked awesome. And... Um, I see. No, it's kind of funny. He he had like a bookend. He started the season mm. on fire. He was awesome. He was like a top thirty player. Yeah. Then he got hurt. You know, missed tons of time. Came back and kind of struggled, and was on the wire for long stretches, which is why he's making this all pickups list. Yep. Uh, but he's been phenomenal down the stretch. So it's kind of a, a bookend situation for him. Yeah, but when you picked it, like when you if you picked like if you played it perfect and you picked him up and dropped him right when you should have. And then you were able to pick him back up again, maybe after like five or six games of that rough little adjustment period. Like yeah. you made that like a bandit. Oh, uh, for sure. Okay, so this was a, this is probably our toughest one for power forward, but we had to give it to James Johnson. Um, this guy is super durable. He just started. He's been amazing. He's been pretty good, but just again the entire body of work plan. Uh, he's he's going to probably hit seventy six games. And very little fall. I mean, that just like our first team. We went for pure consistency. It was kind of our number one as well. With as long as you were good late. So James, yeah. and he's been really good late, especially if you're um, just the defensive stats, which we love, are, are huge for him. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I, throughout the season, I was 
skeptical of Johnson. Uh, just, you know, in the past, he's burned us so many times, and mm. I just, I, I never really bought in um, to my discredit because he's been terrific. And another guy chipping in three pointers, defensive stats across the board, doing it every night. Uh, just a, just a terrific guy if you picked him up. Yep. Okay, so center was even tougher. There were not a lot of guys that played center. And, we again, we wanted to go consistency here, but there was really no pickup that is just straight balling. Um, and I'll talk about guys that were too good that we, we thought that were just too good to put on here. Um, but we put Rashawn Holmes on there just because he's so good down the stretch. Like he's basically been a top 30 player in the past since he got let loose. Um, just threes, blocks are huge, percentages are great, rebounds are solid. Um, didn't have many spot games that were just like, oh man, what's up with this? Where you didn't, where like when you picked him up, you weren't really considering dropping him, which which is just big. So home, the the mansion. Yeah, my only my only follow up there is how do you see his role developing next season? That's the thing. I think Okafor's got to go. Right. Yeah. 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 So I, they're not going to draft another big man. Um, they're not going to play Joel Embiid twenty eight minutes, thirty minutes. So I think he's looking at, and he, he's shown he could do things with twenty minutes. Yeah. So I think four twenty two. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think actually James Johnson was another guy who was if you give him twenty two minutes he'd be all right. So and this is like when, in the Raptor days because he's so good on defensive stats. Mm. So yeah, I mean he's a guy I'll take late. Like if you need a center. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd currently project him like 10th, 11th round, somewhere in there. He'd probably be the number one backup big man. I mean, there's not many backup bigs you're going to want to take. And it's, it's not like uh, Embiid is a picture of health, obviously. Exactly. So all the more reason to, to get his backup. Handcuff, man. That's like, the, that's like the ultimate handcuff, actually. Which is a pod for another day. Okay, so I skipped over this part. We skipped over guys like Marvin Williams, who was probably dropped early. He was bad, but he's been so good late. So we, we kind of called him too good. Uh, I, for for me, I had him in a couple, and I was so close to cutting him like ten times, and I I kept him. So yeah, if you kept Marvin, man, oh my god, that guy two years in a row. What about Marvin next year, real quick? Uh, I'm sorry. What? Are you gonna are you gonna draft him aggressively or what? Um, maybe not aggressively, but I mean he's been. Extremely good for tears in a row after a decade of inconsistent, disappointing play. Um, but I'm, I'm buying in. I think he's a perfect fit in his current role with the Hornets. He doesn't need a ton of minutes. Um, so, yeah, if, if we get to the 100 mark in a draft and Marvin's out there, I'm absolutely grabbing him. That's pretty much where he was this year. You're like, all right, Marvin Williams still there at 100. Yeah, exactly. So you don't really, you're not really putting this. This is just a, a push for... For how you view, I, I move them up. I'm probably at like eighty is where I'm like where I unless there's a you know me. I love the the trendy picks, but if there's a if my trendy guys are gone and they'll be gone in like leagues with you and Jonas and Doctor A and those yeah. guys, but like probably like eighty is where I'm, I'd be interested. Um, we also put Beverly on there who was hurt early. A lot of a lot of you guys picked him up. Lou Williams as well was drafted really late and. 12 teams, so 10 teams he's probably pick up for you. MKG as well, another guy who's picked up. And then Robert Covington uh, some was even picked up because he was so, what was he, 29% in the first, like, 30 games or something? Um, yeah, he's so, been, like, the number, like, a top 10 player for the past yeah. couple months. 
He's been just phenomenal. Yeah, let me see. We'll see. And Gary, Gary Harris, I believe, we also talked yep, about. Yep, yep. Gary Harris was another guy who was hurt multiple times. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's been... Uh, how good is that guy? And by the way... I know. It's a, it's a whole other pod, but Jamal Murray shifting to the one. He's he's a point guard now. So that's great news yeah. for Harris. So, yeah, we'll talk about... By the way, we'll talk about all this stuff on um, the off-season pods. We're going to do a bunch. Okay, so second team... Um, a little bit weighted towards the postseason, um, but yeah, we, we got some guys in here. Uh, we got Malcolm Brogdon in there, um, just rock solid. I mean, this the most NBA ready non like top five pick ever. Uh, I mean, I've never seen a guy second round come in and just crush like this. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Shooting lights out recently, um, and I think you and I both unfairly proclaimed his demise when Chris Middleton returned. Well, um, that was because well, Jabari Parker went down, too. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but, you know, I, I thought he was going to drop off a cliff, and uh, he ha- absolutely has not. He's been terrific. Yeah. Um, that's all you can really say. Yeah, they shifted Giannis to the four, and then they basically bumped everyone else down. So, it's been working out nicely for him. But, yeah, he's so... Where does he fit in, by the way? And, by the way, Delvado has been crap, but that's a wasted contract. Uh, okay, so moving on, we got Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, and also another preseason pod I want to pimp up. Uh, Kale Schrenard, I'm butchering his last name. Uh, he does some writing for the Hawks. He, and I talked to you about this. I was like, hey, Kale said he likes Hardaway Jr. as a breakout. So props. Uh, everyone everyone in Rotor was like, man, that's bold. But he's right, dude. That's one of the best bold calls I've ever seen. Yeah, called that one. Yeah, like I, uh, you, I believe you mentioned. I remember this. He, yeah. he told me that uh, KL had recommended him in a preseason pod or something, and said that um, you know, looking at Kyle Korver as an example, it takes it usually takes wingmen on the Hawks like like two years to figure out their role and their spots on offense. And I guess that's the case because we saw Hardaway Junior. just blow up this year. He's been yeah. terrific. Yeah, so hands down. Uh, Iggy, we put Iggadala on there. Andre Iggadala. Once Kevin Durant get down, got, went down, clear beneficiary from that. So, pops. I mean, he yeah. had a couple games off, but you're, if you picked him up, you are really happy with how he, how he performed. Yeah, and just another guy. And clearly, we're looking at this from a Roto point of view because points leagues are so various and it's impossible yeah. to give one metric for them. Um, but yeah, Iggy's one of those, another guy who just contributes across the board, who's been terrific uh, from the field, and with Durant out, his minutes have been, as, you know, super steady. Yep. Uh, and then for, we went Dario, the homie Dario Saric for power forward, very similar to Holmes, but Dario was actually producing at least a little bit, um, and this was tough. We, we kind of gave him a little bit, because Dario had a one bad month. Um, pretty much it was January when Embiid was going off and TJ was getting hot and all these guys. But once Embiid went down, he got he got rolling. Um, just not great efficiency-wise, but fantastic. Kind of like a mini Westbrook. He'd give you a good amount of points, good amount of boards, pretty good assists for a power forward, a little bit of defense, and some threes. So uh, if you played where you don't really care about percentages very much in a head-to-head, Dario would probably have been first team for you. So I love Dario. Yeah, and I think and you drafted him in thirty deep, so yep. kudos for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sarge, I think uh, his best days are 
behind him in this season only because he's admitted that he's fatigued and exhausted and yeah. Philly has every reason to rein in his minutes. But man, was he exceptional for however long it was, a six-week period after the break. Yeah, who's your rookie of the year? Uh, it's got to be Sarge for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, because Dario was so good. He was the best player on the team for two and a half months and Brogdon was never really the second best player on his team, right? I mean, yeah, it was either, yeah, I agree. it's either Jabari and Giannis way ahead of him. Uh, you could even say Monroe was a factor, where Dario was the best player on his team. And the Sixers weren't, like, laughably bad, where, like, the Nets were when they didn't have Lynn and those guys. The Sixers played competitive ball. and They, they had a big win against Chicago in Chicago because Dario had his career-high game. Like, Dario won so many games. I mean... Brogdon has yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, I'll point out that game against Boston. That was an incredible game. But Darwin has like seven or eight of those games, man. So yeah. it's and the, and the Sixers played some of their best ball after Embiid went down. I yeah. mean, they've been really good with Dario as a centerpiece. And I get it in the MVP discussion if you talk about you know wins make a difference and team you know if a team is going to the playoffs or not. But with Rookie of the Year, it's just how do you fit in? How do you contribute? How do you adapt your game to the league and Sarge has been incredible yeah I mean he's the the big thing I see with him is win shares which I mean it's a it's an okay stat but I mean you have a bad team around you it's going to be tough to get reflected in that metric Uh, okay so anyways back on track here we put Willie Cauley Stein for the center for kind of obvious reasons he's been pretty good blocks wise shot the ball well from the free throw line Um, it's kind of been the difference for him yeah, and we mentioned uh, up top with Rashawn Holmes, there just weren't a ton of centers who who really qualified for this uh, discussion. So, Cully Stein was sort of an obvious pick. Yep. Okay, so for third team, we put this is more playoff. Uh, and then also, people who we've already mentioned can, are not eligible for this. So, Holmes obviously would have been like the slam dunk. Um, so, we put my boy, Josh Richardson, baby. He's been going. He's been balling. Uh, I think he's been like second round value in the last two and a half weeks or so. So if you picked him up right before playoffs, like I was saying, what? Um, he, you were happy about that. And I, I've taken my loans for Josh Richardson, a lot of them, because I'm always saying pick up Josh Richardson, and I look bad 80% of the time. But he's been so incredible the past three weeks or so. Yeah, we were all year basically hyping <laughs> him, and he kept disappointing and disappointing and then the the Dion Waiters injury yeah. kind of kind of blew him you know into into the stratosphere uh and that, that's kind of two-sided because I don't think either of us expected Dion to be this good for for as long as he has been um so that, uh, yeah I just didn't expect him to eat up so much of the rotation that's why we pimped him we were we kept waiting yeah. for Dion to fall off yeah exactly. we needed him to get hurt okay so for shooting guard we're, we're playing Josh at the one who's been handling the ball more lately by the way uh, we put Alan Crabb in there. Uh, a guy, he that game he had on Thursday probably won a lot of people some three pointers uh, for that category and efficiency. He's been good, man. Um, I think like six round value in the playoffs. A guy that really was off the radar, and we did add a little bit that he's been somewhat consistent. And yeah, he's by the way he is killer at home. He has a sixty six true shooting percentage at home, <laughs> which is like that's like MVP Steph efficiency. So. Yeah, anything you want to add on Crab? 
Yeah, I mean, heavy on three-pointers, doesn't turn the ball over. Not not a guy I'm in love with, but he, yeah, as you mentioned, he's been really good. Yep. Uh, we put Chris Middleton on here. Um, if you stashed him for IR, obviously hit the jackpot. Kind of a, a slam dunk. He was only really a fourth-rounder. We kind of had higher hopes, or even a fifth-rounder. But, you're, I mean, if you pick Middleton up at the right time, you're satisfied for sure. Another one. Another, yeah. A lot of these guys are on my, my 30-man team, by the way. Yeah, the only the only knock on Middleton is over the past uh, month he's shooting forty one point four percent from the field, but you know some rust is expected, and otherwise he's been terrific. He's actually been kind of down the past week. I've been kind of annoyed with him. Was I, I guess because I had higher hopes, and his three pointers have kind of fallen off, um, which is which is a whole other story for another day. Like his offense has just been different. I thought he was going to be more catch and shoot. But he's only he only took one three pointer on Saturday. That was like stunning to me for a guy I thought he was gonna take like six or seven a game. Okay, so we put this is tough because he was so annoying for so long, and he was probably hot for about a week before we added him, and that's Nikola Mirotic. But he's been really good. Uh, Wade again. A lot of these guys are tied into injuries. Middleton being coming back, Richardson, Waiters, Crab, uh, a number of guys you could even say. Um, like the front court injuries and Nurkic is also Nurkic going down helped him too, um, but yeah, Miritich since Wade went down has been big time. Yeah, and uh, Nico's just a guy, another one of those players who've burned you so many times. Yeah. And it's hard. It's really hard for me to like wholeheartedly recommend someone after two hot games. Like he scored, I think he scored twenty eight points, then nineteen points, then twenty eight points, and even after the second. Uh, 28-point game, I was kind of like, eh, just wait for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Like, this isn't sustainable. But, I mean, he's been terrific, so riding the hot hand is, is I guess, not always a bad idea. Yep, and like we were saying before, the problem is, like, he was third round in the past month and a half or whatever it was, but the problem is probably about half of that value, no one had him on the roster because <laughs> we were, like, he was just so good, so early, so fast that no one had him, and, right. and he was, you know, pretty, still pretty solid. Uh, okay, so center again. We're going playoffs. We went Cody Zeller, another guy, uh, kind of like um, T.J. Warren, but even bigger. Uh, he was good early, and he was really good late. Um, but then he missed so much time in the middle of the season that we, we knocked him down to third team. But Cody Zeller, his steals have been stupid good. That explains why he's been so productive. Yeah, I was going to mention he went on a, a steals binge for for a while, averaging like almost three per game for a couple of weeks, or yeah. I think. Um, and he, yeah, he blocks shots, he shoots tremendously from the field, and that about sums up his value. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't torpedo you in free throws, low turnovers, a lot of, and even two assists per game um, in the past like month and a half since he came back. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, I mean, that's nice. You know, get, getting a four game leak, getting eight assists out of your center, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, okay, so that's it for just some other stuff that we kind of wrote down. Like, if you're in a deep league, uh, props, and we kind of want to talk about guys that we didn't have on the radar. Um, I put Timothy Lawu Cabaret down, man. Lawu Cabaret, a guy I didn't think was very good. I liked him when I, I liked what I saw at summer league. I liked what I saw in preseason here and there. But this guy's getting a lot of usage. He's been good for a guy that no, I mean, he's a thirty man pickup. Like, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, and that's just a reminder to keep an eye on any potential prospect on a bad team. Uh, I mean, if a guy like that played for the Celtics or the Cavaliers, you wouldn't 
ever see him on the court. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you play on the Suns or the Kings or the Nets or the Sixers, you yeah. know, who, who knows what's going to happen. So obviously put way more attention into the young prospects on terrible teams. Yep, that's what we're going to talk about. Some other names that... Um, do you know who has been sneaky good, much like uh, Iguodala? David West has been sneaky good, actually. He's had some good numbers. Um, Noah Vonley has been sneaky good. Spencer Dinwiddie's been like a top uh, top 85 player in the past month or so. Uh, also, was really good in the past couple weeks. Was so when you needed him. No, I doubt almost. If you had Spencer Dinwiddie on your team, man, um, dude, we'll bring you on for a podcast. Uh, I didn't. I I was stunned. You were stunned too. We were like, "Whoa, whoa!" Spencer Dinwiddie was that high. Um, Devin Harris has been sneaky good. Sean Long's been sneaky good. Yogi Ferrell after he was dead has been sneaky good. Frank Kaminsky gets a little bit of love. Larry Nance just missed the cut um, for Miritich. We gave Miritich the nod, but I think as far as like value that we actually because we knew we've been on Nance for a while and he was actually good. When we need him to be, not like after. Like we said, Miritich, he was good before right. you picked him up. Like Nance was, when you picked him up, he was hot, especially the past couple weeks. Anybody else? Um, like deep, uh, did, deep did, cuts? did you mention Rajon Rondo? No, we didn't. That was probably about right. he, he, he deserves some love. Yeah. Because, man, do we ever hate on Rondo? And yeah, you and, you, and, you and me in particular are big time Rondo haters. Yeah, <laughs> but. And for good reason. I mean, on the season, yeah. he's been very bad. He missed a bunch of time. And, um, but he's been great lately. There's no denying it. He's averaging six boards, eight assists, almost two steals per game uh, in his past 12 games. So, uh, yeah, he's been. if you picked him up, if you saw this coming somehow, uh, congrats. Yeah, there's there's a lot of other guys. I'm trying to think of some other. Oh, we didn't talk about Tyler Ulis. Yes. Uh, that, yeah, he's... Fantastic for assists. Steals have been really good, especially. Assist. I mean, he's been elite for assists. But I mean, the steals were a little bit down. Uh, rebounding's not really there. He's not a three-point shooter. What well, didn't shoot the ball well from the line. So the percentages hurt him. But if you picked him up for assists and even a little bit of points, you're kind of satisfied. Yeah, I, I was super psyched to grab him in a bunch of leagues yeah. initially, and then I actually ended up cutting him in one semifinals matchup. Because I needed to win percentage, uh, field goal percentage and was absolutely tanking assists. Like, I just punted the category. So he did nothing for me. Like, if you if you uh, throw assists out the window and double weight percentages, he's, he's a terrible, terrible player. Or has been. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, situationally, he could be helpful, especially if you need assists. But on whole, he was just okay. Yeah, and then Willie Hernan Gomez is she gets in love. And then also my boy, Jamal Murray. Uh, he's been an eighth rounder in the last month. Um, definitely solid there with some injuries. And again, shifting the point guard was helpful. Buddy Heald's another guy that was all right. Uh, Vince Carter was sneaky, dude. 15 games in the last month, seventh round value. A couple. That's a little fluky because he had a couple monster games to mess that up a little bit. Same with Murray. Murray's big 30 pointer skews him a little. Um, how do you feel about this uh, past week or so, Emmanuel Moutier? Been good. Performance. He's been yeah, pretty he good. good, right? Yeah. Shocking. But. That's, Matt, I love that. I love when guys are off and out of the rotation, come back, and bam, hit the ground running. It's great. Uh, and then also, we got to talk Nurkic, man. I guess, right? Yeah, sure. Is he's, he going to come? When, when's he he's scheduled out. back? Uh, he's back on the court doing stuff, so he should be available for, at some point for the first round. We'll see what that means, but... 
But yeah, he's he's been a solid pickup, a guy that that little three week stretch where he was just going off. Yeah, um, I considered him for one of these teams, but the fact that he's injured now, I thought. Right. Kinda... Yeah, and he was really bad early on. And like, if you're gonna be yeah. on, if you're gonna be on a playoff team and you're hurt in the playoffs, like you're automatically out. Right. Um, which again, Crab, we're throwing Crab only missed one game, so that he get he gets a pass roll in one game missed. Okay, so we wanted to talk like lessons and stuff. But we kind of hit it throughout this thing, man. Um, just yeah, careful. Yeah. Careful, careful on drafting good veteran players on bad teams, and then just be conscientious of rookies. Um, just who you want to draft. When we're talking about Timothy Lawalu Cabarro as a guy who's been good in the past month, that's pretty much the, the, all the argument you need. That it's okay to draft a so-so player on a bad team. Um, so identify like the Nets are going to be bad. The Suns, by the way, are not going to compete until 2019, apparently, from what their owner reportedly told their season ticket holders. So, yeah, just and keep even, keep in mind of that. Even like uh, like Luau is a, is a great example. You don't need to necessarily draft a guy. Just be yeah. very aware of their role, and if their minutes start to increase, or if someone above them gets hurt, uh, don't hesitate to pick them up. I think. Yeah. Because the the opportunity is there. It's waiting. So you just need to to jump on at the moment that it occurs. Um, yeah, and I've I've written columns for the past few years kind of tracking how many rookies place within the top 150. And for years and years and years, it's been dismal. There's there been just like a handful. And that's always the case. But if you change the equation and look at the final two months of the season, a, a, like a dozen or more rookies typically make the cut. So it's all about timing, I think. Uh, you don't need to draft them, but if you can... If you can work the waiver wire and pick some guys up after the All-Star break, you probably do yourself a favor. Yeah, I mean, like, really, since Damian Lillard, well, like, before Lillard, it was very rare that you would see a guy, like, pick up. But, obviously, Cat was ridiculous. And, yeah, yeah I mean, rookies, rookies are huge, man. Especially in what's going to be a good rookie class. But, yeah, just recognize and recognizing depth. That's that's my that's my thirty deep man. That's my strategy all all day. But now it's even gone to like 12, 14 teams, where just recognize where the hole is for depth. And if one guy goes down, um, who can get minutes? And then Brett Brown, Brett Brown, like kind of bumped up the Wawu super quick. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, keep an eye on all that. We're gonna talk about all this stuff in the off season. So uh, congrats for making it through the season. Congrats to anyone who won some leagues. Hopefully, help you out. I had a couple people. Uh, tweet that they had the season podcast um, kick off some wins so that's awesome I, I love nice. hearing that um, so yeah congrats um, spend that money wisely and like we talked about this fantasy winnings have you ever saved any of your fantasy winnings or is it always just you just spend it on something no I, I basically like didn't like this year for instance the money I won in the league I put towards the camera runs. It's, it's always just like funny money yeah actually one league I'm in I'm pretty sure I'm going to win it uh, it goes to Wednesday, which I hate, but uh, it's called Charity Stripe, and everyone in the league uh, puts in 30 bucks, and the winner gets to pick the charity it goes to. Nice. Yeah, so I gotta, uh, if I win, I got to pick a charity. Oh, you don't, you don't have one in mind? Not yet. Yeah. Uh, last time I won, I did it for, it was right after the, the Boston bombing, I, I did it for the, the Boston yeah, for the, for the families and stuff. So I'll figure something out. All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys, we'll be back next Monday. We'll be back for DFS on Wednesday, which should be something else with all those games. And Ryan and I will be blurbing as well. So thanks a lot, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. Thanks, guys.
Talk to you soon, Mike. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.